Welcome to the Humdinger Podcast. This is the first one we've ever done. First one. You are hearing we're losing our V-card. This is going to be the first time we've ever done this. This is something I've been thinking of for a long time. This podcast is going to be mostly about recovery, recovery-based podcasts. However, I've done my, um, I guess you guys could say I've done my homework a little bit, right? I've listened to a couple of them. Uh, what I found was a lot of these podcasts were so dry. Like, whoever was doing it, it was always by a script. <laughs> like, the guy was, it would start off with this ambient music, and he'd have, like, the sayings from AA, like, <laughs> one day at a time. <laughs> and then the other one was like, the elevator's broken, use the steps. <laughs> and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, why? <laughs> and then it goes into it, and it's like, literally, the guy's reading off a paper. So, I got to thinking about it. I am absolutely by no means a professional. Um, these are just my opinions. Um... But I figured there should be some kind of way of talking about recovery. I mean, obviously, this is a life and death situation for anybody listening to this um, that is going through recovery or or thinking about recovery. Um, But there's just a lot of funny shit that comes with it. Like, this is is by no means easy. um, And uh, it's definitely not boring. We are not a glum lot. There I go. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, So to my right, I got baby Mo. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? <laughs> to my left, I got my, my one and only, my Tonita on the sound. What's up? <laughs> this dude spits hot fire. Both of them do. Both of them do. Uh, we are roommates. Uh, the three of us met in uh, treatment. I'm not going to say which one. We got an apartment out here in West Palm Beach. Um, it's actually funny because I'm like, I'm like the pop. Uh, um, these guys are like my little cubs. Uh, both of, you're both, what, 20? 20 years old. 20 years old. I'm 32. So, um, while we do agree and get along on pretty much everything, you can definitely tell that there's a 12-year difference on so much shit. Um, So, yeah, what I was getting to earlier is uh, I've always wanted to do something like this. Like, I'll even tell you, you guys don't even know this. Um, When I was a kid, I used to get a hold of my parents' VHS recorder. Old school as shit, you know, the ones you'd like hold on your shoulder and stuff. Yeah, like not the not the handheld one, like you'd hold it on your shoulder. Of course. And I would like go around and like fuck with it. I'd like set up my little matchbox cars and do like car chases and like I'd have like army men and like do shit like that. This one time, um, my brother was dating this girl in high school and she had a sister that was my age. And um we were hanging out at my house and we made like this whole new show. Like, I was the producer. I produced all these little skits. Because I've, I've been, like, obsessed with SNL, Saturday Night Live, like, all my life. Chris Farley, rest in peace. Yeah, that's a good show. Yeah, it is, dude. It's, it's coming back. It's gotten, like, way too political. That's my dream, though, is to be on that show one day. Maybe, yeah. maybe this will propel me. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, so just doing creative shit like that. Um, then the whole idea for a podcast... Um, We'll go back a few years. I was moving from Tampa back up to D.C. with my ex. And uh, it was just me. Uh, She had already flown up. I was pretty much carrying everything. I had all the furniture and shit. And um, I'm in the car, and I got my cat with me in the front seat. And, you know, you can't really talk to a cat. I tried. Um, (laughs) And uh, I don't know. I, I... I had heard, you know, if, you, if you've got like a creative mind, I've always thought I've, I've got a creative mind, you know, you should jot this shit down. You should, you know, write it down. I started thinking, dude, I can't shut the fuck up. I'm always talking. I'm always saying something, much like Mo. 
Ah, whoa, whoa, take it easy. Bro, you talk from <laughs> the time you wake up. You take a shit on the phone. Oh, yeah, but that's, you know, that's how I keep myself going, you know? <laughs> it's, it's the juices, bro. So you don't go insane? So I don't go insane, exactly. <laughs> all right, all right. True. But, um, so, yeah, I started doing, like, uh, I downloaded this app. So from Florida to D.C., it's like a 13-hour drive. Someone can correct me. Sue me. But uh, I was just doing these, like, video or voice journals, and... I got a lot of shit out and it just felt really cool to be able to like document that. And that was like maybe two or three cell phones ago. So, you know, but I kept doing it. So you're thinking like six, seven years ago, I started doing this shit. I still to this day. And actually, um, I, the last time I did it was last week. I left a, uh, and the week before, now that I think about it, either way, I do it usually when shit's kind of like hit the fan. Um, and not only that, sometimes when things are good, but mostly whenever I've just got to talk shit out and I'm like a coping skill. Exactly. Well, that, but also like I could easily call any of my friends. I could call you up. But what I do is I start messing with my head. I'm like, well, I know what Mo's going to say. Right. Right. Or I know what Tony's going to say. Like, why would I call and waste his time and waste my time just to hear what I know I'm going to hear? Right. So just bounce it off. Just throw it out there. And Something within the last few years, um, I'd say at least three or four while I was doing it, I noticed a pattern. I was doing it after I had severely fucked up and I was not drinking. Um, It was after like a really bad night, Um, whether that be with my ex, whether that be with the cops, (laughs) whether it be from a date or friends, something. Um, I noticed that like it became like... I was trying to talk myself up right. and just air my grievances out there. At least somebody heard it somehow, some way. Mm. And um, I can't tell you how many times I said, it, like, oh, I did it again. Oh, I did it again. That's how the whole thing would start every time. And I'm just like, dude, this has got to stop. So if you haven't guessed yet, my uh, drug of choice was alcohol. Um, and uh, just for the sake of time, we're not going to get into my war story, as they call it. Um, actually, if this catches on and you guys like what you're hearing, uh, that will be told one day. Um, actually, Mo and Tony have both agreed to at some point do it. However, that's not going to be free because if you're good at something, don't ever do it for free. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. okay, I see that face, Mo. <laughs> or, yeah, okay. You, you still paid for it in some way. In some way, shape, or form. In some sort of form, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I think that, you know, we'll get there. That's called charity work. That's called charity work. Oh, you know what? Actually, what we're going to be doing is is that we're going to be taking all the money that we get and we're going to be donating it to an AA facility. That's possible. I never thought of that. Shit, now I have to do it. I was actually thinking about pocketing this. (laughs) I was going to pocket this, Tony. (laughs) How do you think? Tony's got kids to feed, bro. And now you just want to throw this out there? He's got EBT, bro. Okay, a percentage of this will go to <laughs> groups. Um, he's got it. No, we don't have EBT yet. He doesn't have EBT yet. No, I don't <laughs> want to make my boy Adam look like a total douchebag. But at the end of the day, you know. We got to give back. 50-50. You know? We got to give back. We got to give back to the shit that got us to this point. That's you know? true. That's very true. You know? And that's, that's another thing is um, doing this in this kind of uh, format it's a lot different than – I like AA. I love going to the meetings, and I don't even know if I can say that. To be honest with you, I don't give a shit. 
I mean, what's somebody going to do? Like, come here and say, hey, you can't say that. Maybe they can't. I don't Fuck know. Schmeitzer, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but you can only say so much whenever you're given your, you know, your time to share. Right. And I feel like, you know, this is a good place to kind of just, like, open up a little bit more. Right. Um, but, yeah, at some point I do, I do want us to uh, go over and, and tell our stories because they're, they're important. It's not just for you to hear and know our background, but it also helps us. I mean, every time I've told it, it helps me. Get it out there. I, I've done it twice, and I can't say either of them I've gotten everything out, especially within the 30 minutes that I had. But it still gives a good background. I think one of the things I'm actually struggling with after only two times of doing it in front of people is I think I focus way too much on the gory shit, the war stories. Right. Um, well, I feel like I remember one time actually when we were in treatment with our, our, our older black black friend, you know, mm. our African-American friend. He was uh, he, he told me this one time because I, sh- I had shared my story one time during a group, right? And he was actually in uh, my caseload. And what had happened was is that he basically was like, like I could tell, this is his exact word, I could tell that you wrote down everything, mm. but you were looking at what certain things were, yeah. and you were like, yeah, nope, not going to share that. I Go did that my one. first oh, time. Yeah, maybe not that one, and then yeah. keep going down the line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it, that's probably what happens. I mean, I feel like 99% of the time... They say that, you know, like people, like, for example, like the fourth step, right? Is that the fourth step that uh, you, you basically tell your sponsor everything that you Your resentments? Is, is that, that resentments? No, I don't think that's resent. I'm pretty sure that's... Four is resentments. Four is resentments. Totally listen to this <laughs> So, yeah, but the resentments is the ones that basically it's like you write your resentments, but you see what parts you had to play because... Oh, of course, 75 of course. to 80% of the time, I remember my sponsor told me this, he's like, you know, it, it has more to do with, <coughs> with, um... With basically, like, it has more to do with you playing the part and then 80% of the time, you're actually in the wrong. Oh, yeah, it's that's not, the best part you, about it. You know it. what I mean? So that's why, like, it's a big one to get that one off your chest because even with the resentments, you realize what amends you have to make. You know I like I mean? the aspect of that because then you understand more clearly as to why that person reacted that way. Exactly. Why you they know? did what they did in that situation because all this time with our egos and our pride inserted into the whole equation, you're thinking they did this, they're this terrible person, you know, how could they do this? They're heartless, they never loved me to begin with. When in reality, you go back and you you analyze this and you're like, holy shit, I... I'm the cocksucker. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, and that's another thing. Uh, We're we're still debating on how, uh, what the rating of this is gonna be, (laughs) if there's gonna be cussing. I don't really give a shit. I mean, I, I, I say fuck you. If you're in recovery, you're old enough all right. to hear. All right, yeah. You know? I agree. I totally agree. <clears throat> we can edit that out. <clears throat> um, yeah, and here's another thing. is um, I, I listened to a lot of Howard Stern, uh, and he had Jerry Seinfeld on, and he was talking about how his, his, his stuff's clean. Like, you know, and, he, and he respects comedians that can do a set completely clean. Completely. Clean. I think that's fucking weird. I'm just gonna be honest with well, you. I mean, I, you know, I respect it, and I comedy, get, you know, yeah, that's fine. But like, if you're if you're being honest, and that's what they say, the most honest people like have a sailor's mouth, right? Like they right. just cuss up and down. So like, that's what I like. It's just like music. Like if you're actually going from your soul, from your heart, and you're putting it out there, and, and I, I can go and I can go off on cuss words all day. It's just a fucking word. 
And if it hurts your ass, then, you know, just stay home because there's a lot worse things out there than a word or cussing or whatever. But So that's where we stand with that. Um, again, none of us are professionals, but uh, I think that us being able to get this out there and not really come with like a, a, a title or a tagline or I'm this, I'm certified in that. Um, I, I host this group, that group, that group, this, I'm, I'm a sponsor to this person, that person, you know, I, I volunteer doing that. None of that. Like we're just three guys that live together that went through treatment together. We're fighting recovery. Um, and I think it's also a good thing to, uh, at some point I do want to open this up to other people, like have people not only come in that we all know right. and hear their experience, um, and their take on a lot of things but also have callers. I think we can get that at some point. I know there's probably like software and stuff like that to go. I, you know, that's, that's just a rabbit hole. We don't need to go down right now. We're just now starting, baby. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I felt like this is actually something that all three of us have been talking about doing for like at least two months. Right. I think that for our first guest, we should get Alejandro. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty heavy, man. Yeah. That's pretty heavy. Ah, oh, man, that's tough. That's tough. We we should think about that. Go down the line. I like, but that, I mean, to be honest with you, and that brings me back to the whole pay to play. His shit's so good. I wouldn't do that for free. Oh no. And I've only heard bits and pieces, man. Yeah, me too, bro. Um, I heard very very minuscule amounts of his story, and that motherfucker has been through some shit. Yeah, I'll tell you that right now, yeah. dude. He's been through a lot. You know who I would have liked to have got? I don't know if you met him. He might have left before you got to treatment. Or maybe you were coming in right as he left, but Mike, Legend Mike. Oh yeah, from New York City. Yeah, yeah guy's man. my hero. Hey, bro, he's a good guy, man. Amazing good. guy. I need Great to reach guy. out to him. I'm friends with him on Facebook, and that's that's something. I, okay, um, so it's pretty cool that all three of us are living together under the circumstances. We can go about that some other time, but um, one thing that I've noticed. So this is actually my second time uh, coming out of treatment. Um, and I will say when I left and Mo, you can attest to this and you too, Tony, I mean, you and I weren't close in treatment, uh, until, you know, you had gotten out and we did IOP together. Um, but I didn't say goodbye to anybody right? Yeah. at all. I only keep in touch from the first time that I went through treatment with one person, only one. Now, I'm, I'm probably friends with at least maybe a handful of people from the first one. Um, but this guy, I, and I, I should talk to him more. He's going through some stuff. But it's good to, I guess the reason I didn't keep in touch with anybody from there was um, I didn't successfully go through it. Um, just a quick thing. This isn't really getting into my war story or anything, but my first treatment was about a year ago. And um, I drank literally three hours after walking out the front door of the facility. Um, I got into a car with my parents. They picked me up. And what was cool about this place was that it was actually close to where I lived. So mom and dad came maybe like once. I was only in there for a month, literally 30 days. They, I saw them maybe three or four times. That was pretty cool. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, it helped, you know, and they'd bring like dip. <laughs> yeah, seeing, seeing your family, definitely. That was when I was in treatment I, the first couple of times, you know, seeing them was like fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, when they come in, you see them, like you're waiting for them at the door and they're like, you know. Right. It's an awesome feeling. What's well, that breath of fresh air? Because, I mean, 
and you can probably attest to this, I did this my first time. My priorities and my motivation were all screwed up. Fuck I was doing it for them. I was doing it to make them proud. Right, and all right. the shit I put them through. Right. And um, not to mention, there was some spite. I was doing it to uh, kind of spite my ex. Right. When in reality, like, I really should have been correcting myself. That way I could apologize for things I had done in the past. And just a side note, <laughs> I am divorced. It's been like, dude, it's been like three or four years now. Um, we were only married for two, together for eight altogether. Um, lived together for seven of those years. So you learn uh, you learn a lot about a person. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I went in there with like a chip on my shoulder, you know, like her as my like, I was trying to prove her wrong, make my parents proud, make people back home or friends or people that I'd hurt in general. All right, going in for wrong intentions. Exactly, way wrong intentions. Right. And I really wish my therapist in there would have told me that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I was very vocal about that, though. But being able to see your family, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this for them. When in reality, dude, it's got to be 100% you. All right. You know, that's something that um, after this second time, God willing, it's the, it's the last time. Um, I... I I was at the end of my rope so bad that I was just like, dude, just shut up. Not that I wasn't like that my first time, because I was like that my first time. I was like a sponge, dude. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever you say. And then this time it was just like, dude, just – I was trying to be the good student the first time. You know what I mean? Taking notes, always participating, always making sure that whenever I spoke, it was, it was gripping. It was – It reminds me of a few people. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm caught. You know, you know what I'm and I hope about. some of those people are listening. They're like, oh shit, that was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Second time around, I was just like, you know what? I have. I kind of had this a little bit the first time, but uh, I went through and I was like, I have nobody to impress. No, not at all. Fuck you. Like what I've done, what I've accomplished in my life, and what I've destroyed in my life. That's all for me to rectify. That's all for me to situate to 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 resolve and and figure it out. I have nothing to prove to you or the person sitting next to me or the, the teacher in the class. What, what, what counselors? Is that what they were? Yeah, therapists. Therapists, therapists. counselors. Right. Both the same thing. That's, that was something that I, I humbled myself before I got there. Uh, ooh, I almost, I almost dipped into the war story. Oh, you're not going to get it. You're not going to, nah, you will never get this. You will if you pay a certain amount. I'm actually thinking about how much we'll charge for that too. Um... So yeah, this is basically, uh, I think it's, it's cool that we have different backgrounds as well. Um, Tony, if you don't mind me saying, if you, would you, what, what were your go-tos? Uh, alcohol and cocaine. Okay. I, I used a lot of different stuff. Different stuff. And you, Mo? Everything. <laughs> more. More. <laughs> more. Just give me more. More! And just so you know, Mo is a certified dort bag. And that's not dirt bag, D I R T B A G. That's dort bag, D O R T B E G. Um, this fucking guy can't get off my case about this situation. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, dort bag. But uh, so you're from Jersey. New Jersey. We're at in Jersey. I'm out uh, actually in Middletown. A little, a little. Uh, it's not small. It's actually pretty fucking big. Actually, like we got, we bought out like neighboring towns. But I'm not from the ghetto. I'm not from, you know what I mean? I'm not, well, I was raised in Elizabeth, New Jersey. I don't know if you ever heard of Elizabeth, I've heard of New it, Jersey, yeah. but it's, it's right above Newark. And it, it, that's more city-like. It, 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 certain parts, it can get really bad Metropolitan. 
Yeah, you know what I mean? But uh, from where I'm, you know what I mean? From like from from where I see that I'm from, from Middletown, New Jersey. And Middletown, it's, you got the rich side, you got the poor side, you know what I'm saying? It's not really bad, but where I'm from, I grew up in the streets. Okay. So I feel like, you know, like when people say- Working like, class. Oh, uh, kind of, yeah, I guess you could say that. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like it's just where I'm from, in the, sh- in the streets in that area, it could get a little bad. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if you're hanging out with the wrong people and stuff like that, I mean, that's where you go anywhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got the good side, you got the bad side. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, it, 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 all, it all goes and gives and take. You know what I mean? You can do what you want. You can do what you're not supposed to do. You can do what you're supposed to do anywhere, dude. You can be in the suburbs. You know what I mean? And you could be raised to be a little fucking prick. You know? So, I mean, and Adam, I mean, where are you from? <laughs> Uh, I'm born and raised in Sophia, West Virginia. I grew up in a very, very small town. My graduating class was 108. I say it was. What did I say? There. Oh, I say. I say it's like 115 or 116 because, like, that's we had like seven or eight girls that were pregnant <laughs> my senior year. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was impressive. That whole. So wait, so 116 graduated senior year? Yeah. No. Yeah, that's small, dude. I know. What, bro? There are people like I, I've talked to like people that are like 50, 60 years old that, that you know their graduating class was like five hundred, six hundred. Yeah. Dude, my graduating class was like three, four hundred people. Oh really? Yeah, bro. That's why I like my my town, and we have two high schools, bro. Oh wow. Yeah, bro. There's a lot of people, and each high school is like about like fifteen hundred to two two thousand kids. Wow. Yes, yeah, bro. Packed, bro. So. Actually, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I'm not going to go too much in my upbringing, but my parents were both teachers. They're retired now. They live in Tampa, where uh, I used to live. Um, but they were uh, high school teachers <laughs> at my high school. That was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. My mom was a um, health teacher, and then my dad was a history teacher. And uh, my freshman year of high school, I had my mom for health. So, really... I was always trying to get out of the small town feel. Um, everybody knows everybody and, and their business as well. Right. And really, there wasn't any career opportunities besides being a coal miner or a teacher. That was it. Really? Coal mining? Yeah, well, not, not so much now. <laughs> <laughs> not so much now. Well, it's, it's crazy, though, because when I was going through high school, um, you could easily, even in entry level, I'd say close to 40 an hour. Right. You, well, know? you were born in... in- 89. But I mean, when I'm, when I'm, you're thinking of like, you're talking about like from 05 to 08. Really? 04 to 08. Yeah. That, during that time, like you're, you're making bank. And, um. It's the same as uh, structural iron workers. Yeah. Right. Huh. What is coal mining union? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. One of the first things to be unionized. Oh really? Pretty sure it is the first one to be unionized. Oh shit. We'll get into that. That's another episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's some history behind that. Um, yeah. So. I moved a lot. I actually moved down here from D.C. about three years ago after my divorce. I was living in D.C. by myself, paying way too much to live in the ghetto. If anybody knows anything about Southeast D.C., that's where I was living. What? what? Um, my parents were down here. My brother lives down here with his wife and his two kids, uh, my niece and nephew. And I thought, hey, let's move down here. Um, with my drinking, however, um, I've been drinking for a very long time. We'll, we'll add more to that but it's it's been a very long time and i thought that new new scene new environment that would change everything 
Um, however, I didn't take into account that I'd be living with my parents at the age of 30. Um, that definitely <laughs> threw a wrench into things. Um, looking for work. Uh, yeah, man, I got to stop myself every time because I start getting closer and closer to like saying some stuff. Um, so anyways, uh, this past time of treatment brought me over to West Palm. It was funny. I was sitting in the uh, office with the head therapist and she was, you know, asked me what it was I wanted to get out of this. And I, I, I literally told her, I was like, I, I'm, I'm willing to do anything, whatever. This is all like, you're good. This is all, all I want to do is everything that you tell me to do. Whatever you have to offer, I'll do it to the end. Taking suggestions. Well, yeah, I, I had no choice, man. Like I had just known how I'd screwed up so much. Uh, disappointed so many people and myself included. I mean, I think that's where, you know, trying to please everybody, but really in the end, you know, you're trying to please yourself. Right. And when you don't <laughs> love yourself, you know, <laughs> I love John's whole side on that. We'll get into John later. Um, so I, she had, she had asked me, you know, what about IOP, sober living, that kind of stuff. And I was just like, man, I don't know. Um, she's like, well, do you want to do it in Tampa or do you want to do it here? I was like, God, I didn't even think of that. Right. You know? And this is this is going on like almost four months. Yeah, it was over four months ago that we had this conversation. And it dawned on me, yo, I could start all over over here. Um, this could be completely brand new. This was That was my first time of ever being in West Palm. We were in Delray, to be honest with you. Right. Um, but being this far south, I had never been to Miami except for going on a cruise. And really, we just went from the cruise to Key West and stuff like that. But... You know, being this far south of Florida on the East Coast, it was my first time. And I was like, all right, you know, um, mom and dad are still three and a half hours away. Why not? You know, what's what's keeping me back? I'm not married. I don't have kids. Um, <laughs> I was unemployed, <laughs> newly unemployed. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I, uh, so Tony, let's get into you just real quick. So just a, a precursor, Tony's not much of a talker. He is going to be, however, the lifter. He is the guy that makes everything work behind the scenes. Actually, without any of this right now, without Tony, we wouldn't have any of this. Facts. So thank you, Tony. Tonita, my baby boy. So where are you from? I'm from uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, so let me get this right. All right, so you're from Omaha, Nebraska, right? And what's that like over there compared to here? Compared to here, there's not shit to do in Nebraska. Right? <laughs> All cornfields, right? Yeah, right, right. And, and and how big was your high school? It was it was like yours. It was like my class was like 600 people, right. or something like that. I feel like maybe it's just Generation Z then or something. I don't know, man. You fucking star, not me. Well, I mean, yeah. Boomer. Or I'm a, I'm a millennial. Millennial. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, right. So, so with that being said, right. I mean, your drug of choice is cocaine, right? Yeah. Right. So, so, what was your upbringing like? Obviously, like your parents weren't fucking sniffing blow or nothing. I mean, I I know your mother, but for the sake of the audience and stuff, who, how, like you know, not how did you get started, but like. What possibly could have drove you to that point? Um, my mom has always been clean and never touched a drug in her life. But my real dad, on the other hand, he had a lot of mental issues. And um, uh, he was addicted to meth. 
ever since I was mm. a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, I, I don't know, man. I, I think it was just confidence issues and always wanting to just not sit with myself. I had to escape. So yeah. it started with, with weed when I was like 12. All right. And then just slowly got worse to right. coke. By the, I was doing coke when I was 18. Right, right. Um, and then my drinking just got bad within these past two years. But that, that's all I'll get into for this episode. <laughs> there you go. There Thank you. Go. Appreciate you sharing, bro. And, and just for the audience's sake, right, if anybody that's in this, this, uh, this podcast that's listening right now, if you don't have a problem, right, there's this... There's two different types of people in this world when it comes to the, the lines of addiction. There's people that are normal, that could pick up a drink, right? Fuck you. And then, and then there's people that are, have addiction issues that once they start, they can't stop, right? How they say in AA, one is never enough. And a thousand... No, no. Oh, uh, wait. It's, one it's, is too one many is too and a thousand, thousand is never enough. Is never enough. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, with that being said... 90% of the time, now there's the other 10%, 90% of the time, it has to do a lot with genes, right? I mean, for me, example, like, bro, every single male in I think family, I think whether people want to admit it or not, it all has to do with genes. It's all right, hereditary. Right. To, everybody well, has... I mean, I mean, look at Vladimir Putin over there. Oh, Lebanon? Yeah, Lebanon, right? Lebanon, he's the first one in this whole time. I don't family. believe that for a second. You don't think so? Nope. No? No, dude. Really? Yeah. Here's here, okay. See, this is actually a slippery slope, but I'm glad you touched on it because we sit here and say there's a, there's those normal people, you know, there's those people that can have one or two drinks here or there because so many people actually do have a problem and don't have the balls to admit it. Right. Um, they because the the within the book it says you know we we tip our hats or something like that to to the moderate drinker who can have a few and that be it. Right. I'm paraphrasing. Um, but, and I do, I, I do know people that can have, um, in moderation, a couple of beers, but then there are also those people that behind closed doors, you don't fucking know what they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And especially in today's day and age with social media, everything's about image. I mean, image has always been a big thing, you know, just always been your, always. your, your, your persona, what you put out there, but now it's easily accessible. People can get online and look at your shit and anybody can pretty much and, and, and it's always been it's it's a, a tale as old as time that you know we keep our our skeletons in the closet we don't air out our family grievances you know everybody's got their their family curses and whatnot um that nobody knows about um you want to save face so i feel like right so right so with that being said right you were saying about, about... TED Talks over here. <laughs> you were saying about... So, my thing is, is a lot of people are fooling themselves. I think everything is addictive. Right. There's not a thing on this planet, and yes, we can get into the whole... That'll be a great episode to get into the, um, what is it called, medicinal... Th the weed therapy, pot therapy. Fucking, um, what do they call it? It's that? called something. Uh, it's uh, maintenance, marijuana maintenance. Marijuana maintenance. Yeah. Bullshit. Actually, they, I, I told you they wanted me to do that. Treatment, <laughs> but I was like, what are you talking about, dude? I was like... I don't... I don't I, you're altering the state of your... I mean, me guzzling caffeine like I do. It, that's horrible. That's horrible, it's and, so and it's addictive. It's so addictive. I mean, I'm, I'm trading one for the other. One's, it's, it, anyways, at least it's not blow. Um, but 
we can we can abuse anything, and I think it's been way too socially acceptable to rely on alcohol, especially. Um, I don't think you know coke or you know obviously heroin or meth because it's not easy to just go and shoot up in a fucking bathroom stall or cook in up public, shit yeah. in well, public. Uh, you know what course, I mean? Of course, yeah. Um, and and oh, I'm glad we we even touched on this because. This isn't going to be a pissing contest amongst substances that people are addicted to. Because here's why I say this. Um, at the end of the day, it's all, it all has the same grip. All of those. Right? It, I mean, I've met people like for you, for example. I mean, you were, you know, I hate to, you know, I mean, you were a fucking raging alcoholic, right? Oh, but yeah, yeah. I had other substances that I was addicted to. Even Tony, you know, he has other substances. It's more, I feel like, a preference. You know? Yeah, exactly. Pick at the your end poison. Of, we're, you know? Exactly. Pick your poison. It's At the end of the day, it's what you're using to escape. Yeah. It's what you're using to numb. And What, um, what shuts those thoughts off the most? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it, sometimes he's got his shirt off. Jesus Christ. The nips are out. You're getting hot over here. You have tiny oh, little nips. I know, dude. Actually, that one's like mine. Mine looks like uh, my, bro- my brother would bro. my brother would always say that uh, it looks like God put out a cigarette in your nipple. <laughs> it's like an inverted nipple. Yeah, it's a real thing. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you, bro." But uh, <laughs> um, at the end of the day, it's it's got a grip on us. It destroys families. It destroys lives. It destroys jobs. It destroys relationships. Um, it makes you powerless. Yeah, completely powerless. <laughs> Powerless. See what I did there? Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. And it's, speaking of powerless, um, I'm on the third step. If you guys are familiar with it, it's handing your will over to God. Um, and we're not going to get overly, I, actually, we're not going to get religious at all. No. Um, but there is a spiritual aspect to becoming sober, going through recovery. Um, there is a higher power. You're not as significant as you fucking think. Sorry to burst your bubble. Um there is something bigger than us. And that was funny. When we were in treatment, there was, there was a, a young lady that I loved her to death. I loved her to death, except for whenever we were in group. Any, okay. Anytime she would talk, she was so closed off to the whole God aspect. Right. Um, and she's like, I just don't believe anything has power over me. There's nothing greater than me. And I almost called her out on it because bullshit, there's nothing that alcohol had power over you, dumbass. Like I hate to be degrading like that, but like there's already one thing that's that's over you that that you couldn't control. Um and yeah, you can even get a little bit more spiritual. I mean the universe, you know, you put things out there, things work for you, things don't. There's a reason Miss Gale always said that she actually said this to me before I got this last job. She said, you know, what's meant to be the universe will let happen. Will happen. And I've heard that a million times, dude. I think Everything we all happens have. for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. But like when she said it, I, I don't know. It just stuck a lot more. And I've just been hanging on to that a lot. Cause um, it's fucking gay. Yeah. God, I love her. If, if she was 40 years younger, I would give it a shot. But have you ever seen pictures of her, bro? Yeah. She was she cutie was back in yeah, the day, dude. dude. Yeah, she, was, uh, she was a cutie. Um, I'm actually, me and Tony, uh, maybe I'll invite you. I can't take you anywhere, especially in public. Like today at Publix, you were just, you're a riot. Bro, because bro, I got to do, man, you know? And he drops, he drops a muscle milk on the floor and just looks at me like I'm his dad. Like, what do I do, dad? <laughs> yeah, what do you do, fucking? I don't know, bud. 
<laughs> that was nice that that lady was like, you can exchange it. I know. That was awesome. <laughs> she was, was sweet. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it, I will say on my piece, and you guys can weigh in on your, your, your drug of choices um, when you went through withdrawals. What was hardest for me was just how easily accessible. And, and that's why I'm not, I, I don't want to get off on a tangent and say, well, that's why alcohol is so much tougher than heroin or meth or coke. That's not the case, um, because but but I, I you know it sucked because um, that was a trigger in itself. You know, seeing people go to brunch, um, driving past my liquor store, which I had like five of them in in Pasco County or Hillsborough County in Tampa. Right. <laughs> I knew where they were. Uh, I knew what aisle I was going to be going to. Um, I knew whether to uh, bring cash or card, and. Um, <laughs> oh dude it got bad like I, it got to the point where um i knew that if i went to that liquor store um i knew what gas stations around because i always had a go-to beer depending on what day it was like sundays i had my sunday beers right friday and saturday i didn't really care as long as it was high content um but i knew where one would have this in stock over that right or it wouldn't have it well at all. well this is the thing right and and i'm sure tony can agree with me on this and actually now this was a fight that i had with a good female friend of mine that a lot a, a lot of the times we i actually fight about I, this I, I never respected her take on this uh, unfortunately exactly, you know and the thing is is that like for you right you never really use the substances that we have used. Maybe you might have used right. once or twice, right? But exactly. Right? For us, we know where every dealer is. Yeah. In the world. And who's gonna world, and who's gonna respond to you quicker? The deal. Yeah. You know, and, and we're not even old enough to drink or nothing but well, no no, no. I mean like you got your you got your Rolodex of dealers and you're like, I know oh, yeah. he's got, like, I know oh, he's, he's gonna he's got it right now, the yeah. other one. And you have your last resort guy. You're like, dude, if these three don't turn up boom. I know, I know Two-time Jimmy's gonna like step up. <laughs> exactly, you know. So that's why, like, with this girl, right? We would always constantly fight. She would always think like, yeah. "Oh, it's harder for me. It's harder for me." Da da da. Like, listen. At the current moment, we live two blocks down the street yeah. from the fucking ghetto. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying I could go walk up the block, go get dope or or Zans or whatever. Whatever you, you know. Want. And, and 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 at the end of the day, you know, it's like it's just as hard. All you, you have know, to do is look for around here. All you have to do is look for somebody that's walking on the sidewalk. Exactly. Because no know? sane person in Florida heat would be outside walking on the fucking <laughs> sidewalk between like nine a.m. and six p.m. Right. Right. You're exactly. homeless. <laughs> homeless or you know. Homeless or looking to score. Corner, you know. Yeah. Real. <laughs> but yeah, then that's and that's exactly why I never was judgmental or I put everything in a box, you know, towards alcohol or anything that wasn't alcohol because. I'll be honest with you. In terms of anything I've tried, I used to smoke weed like a fucking freight train. Right. Um, I loved it. I still love it. But the reason I can probably never smoke again is it just opens up the window to possibilities. The risk percentage just goes up it of me drinking one again. One thing to another. Right. Like it's like you know I smoke some weed and when you're high you think it's a good idea to go do something else. But then when you, if you, you know what I mean, you're sober right now, you get high, like, it's like, oh shit, you know what I mean? And then once you start smoking weed one day, it'll turn into a daily thing, uh, and then daily too. to, you know? I do think that for someone who can get away with it, if they can just smoke weed and not do anything else, then that's fine. That they can do oh, exactly. Right. I, have, I have friends back at home who go to work every day, get all their shit done, mm -hmm. and they smoke 
every day when they right. get home yeah. or even before work. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm just saying me personally, because, yeah, well, here's the thing. If I, if I were to, let's say I, I make a foolproof plan and I'm like, all right, I'm going to make sure it's at this location. These are the only people that are going to be there and there will be no alcohol within reach. Right. How fucking fun is that? You know what I mean? First off, I shouldn't be around alcohol in the first place, but like making it that, that so like that sealed off. Right. That's weird. Well, I mean, you know, it depends on who you're around. You know what I'm saying? Like, regardless what it is, it's just that it's making a reservation. Yeah. You know? So my thing was, uh, I never did anything else besides pot and, um, and drinking. However, I will say when I was in high school, um, I got hydrocodone, the pill form. Is that the pill? And hydrocodine is like the liquid. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you, the, guys, you guys are the chemists here. and there's hydrocodone. There's a whole bunch of fucking stupid yeah. shit. But regardless, it was an opiate. All it was, all it was for was uh, I had ingrown toenails, which I still have. Right. But I went to a doctor and he cut them out. Like, oh, shit. Which is, I mean, I do that every day now. Yeah. Not every day, but anytime I cut my toenails, they're like these uh, toenail clippers that look like scissors. And um, he basically sprayed some numbing agent on it, did that, and then prescribed me the shit. And after my first dosage was done my 30 days i complained and lied and said that it was um that, that it was still in, i was still in pain no my mom bought it you know she she thought that i was seriously still because i sold it pretty well i was like you know I'm, yeah i'm definitely still in pain and i'll never forget this was the first time i had a reaction to not having it i was um this was the days of like downloading shit on the computer right um like kazaa limewire bear share um, Napster, well, this, Napster. Napster was already gone by then, but I did, I, I was, I did grow up in the Napster era. That was pretty sweet. You fuckers don't even know. Um, Five years for LimeWire. Hold on, take it easy, all right? <laughs> uh, LimeWire never had good porn. That was upsetting. Anyways, um, I was with my friends and we were we were goofing around watching TV in my living room. My parents weren't home, and. I think my, I don't know what had happened, but it set me off so bad because I'd, I hadn't to take my medicine in like two days. Right. And I took the keyboard and I fucking slammed it on the desk and all the keys went everywhere. And oh, I remember shit. my, because like my friend had pissed me off. He was fucking with me, but it really wasn't that big of a deal. Right. But my reaction was so severe. And I remember my friends looking at me like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right, right. And I remember feeling like, oh my God, I've never, I mean, I've definitely had outbursts before, but not like that, bro. Not that quickly. And the irritability. Short. Was, yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's then... Did you even get sick from taking this hydrocodone stuff? All right. So that's what I'm leading to. So okay. what had happened was at this time I was uh, I was at a boarding school in Pennsylvania, South Central. That doesn't make any sense to anybody, but Central, yeah, Amish country. But um, I, was at, I was at boarding school and it was over Christmas break. And the reason I was there was because I was on the wrestling team and we had to go back like two weeks before anybody else at school was there. Right. So we're, not everybody, you know, lived together. You know, I'm, I was the only person in my dorm on my floor, <laughs> literally by myself. And my Christmas gift that year was uh, a DVD box set of MacGyver. You guys probably don't know what the fuck that is. Greatest show ever. I'm watching MacGyver, and I remember I made sure that my mom filled up my script before I left. And I had like six of them left, and I was having a great day. I had a great practice. And I was just feeling gluttonous. I was like, I'm going to take all six of these. And oh, I, I did, bro. I did. And that was the first time I had experienced just, you know, like, an, uh, 
not an overdose, obviously. I mean, I didn't die, but my, my heart was beating out of my chest. I was sweating. I was irritable. I was paired. It was weird, dude. I was like, I thought I was going to die. You could have died, bro. It was scary. That's I was a lot of fucking, how many milligrams were these I, I Dude, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I dude. really couldn't tell you. Bro, that's like, like same people like Oxycontin, man. You take too much Oxycontin, you fucking, you could OD, man. Oh, I'm sure. That's, that's. I just called us some tough, tough I, stuff. I man. never did it again. I that was the last time. I mean, I've, I've obviously taken painkillers before or right. after that, but it was you know, once my script was done, I didn't get hooked or anything like that. Right. Um. So that's why I have no prejudice or anything against anybody that's done something. But I, that's why I'm glad I have you guys here to give me your side of it because I mean, obviously the listeners, even if they're not addicts, I'm sure they'd like to hear, you know, not just from an alcoholic. You know, we've got you guys have your own. Uh, stuff. Um, so yeah, this is actually really cool that we actually did. The, I'm staring at your belly button right now. Like this is just weird. You guys can't see it, but like I'm getting slightly aroused as you stick your pinky in there. You get any lint? See if John will take that for. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> see if the landlord will take that for Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's basically all this is going to be about. I mean, obviously there's going to be more stuff that goes with it. We're gonna have more topics. Um, this was a dry run. This felt really good to do. I mean, hell, who knows? We might even do some more tonight. That'll be like episode two if I can come up with the topic. But, yeah, and, and, and anybody that's listening, if you've made it this far, seriously, thank you so much. Any criticism uh, is, is welcome. Uh, just don't be a dick. I'm just kidding. You don't can be a dick, dick if you want. I live with two dicks. I love uh, them to death. Though. Ha, got him. <laughs> would it be considered constructive criticism if they were a hater? Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Of course. That's what I was just thinking. But you know, karma's a bitch. Yeah, and they're just, they're just, you know, they're just mad because they didn't have the balls to do this in the first place, right? Of course. Hey. But yeah, so more, more to come. At some point, we will probably do like some call-ins or something. Uh, we definitely want to get guests on here of people that that we uh, we're going through recovery with. And I also want to bring in people that aren't in recovery. To see their point of view. I was thinking of this last night. I was talking to a really good friend of mine who I will actually be making amends to at some point. Really? Um, She's not in recovery. I will say that she does drink. Um, But I would never for in a million years say that she abuses it. You know, she would be one of those people that she can drink moderately. Moderations. Um, But yeah, I just, you know, we've got to have... I mean, yes, this is recovery-based, but, I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to go over, you know? Because, I mean, I think one thing that we're all three uh, kind of going through, not actively and not all the time, but relationships, you know, that's a huge part. I mean, just everyday life, work, um, family, uh, current events, which I don't even really want to touch on just because that's just, that's just a can of worms and I don't want to hear anybody else's bullshit about it, so... Uh, so yeah, that's it. That is the, uh, the first official episode of Humdinger. Got to thank my boy Mo. Got to thank my boy Tonita. Love you guys. Big Bear out. Peace.